let's pray and uh, we'll uh, we'll get started this morning. Father, we just thank you again for meeting with us. God, we thank you for this place you set on a hill here on Hammett Road. And God, it's only special because you are here present with us through your Holy Spirit. And God, that you decide to meet with us and you decide to to, to, to just commune with your people. And God, we pray that you would, uh, you would meet with us this morning as we read from your word. Um, God, that we walk out of this building different than we walked in. God, that we walk out with an understanding of a very important subject. Um, God, that is not a ploy of the enemy, God, but a, um, a very powerful tool in your arsenal, God. And I pray you'd help us to maybe change our perception of it and use it for your glory and, God, to advance your kingdom. And, Father, we love you, we praise you, and we're going to praise you for what you do this morning, for this evening, the rest of the week. God, that you receive honor and glory through everything we do, and may it bring honor and glory to you and you alone. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, in January of 2006, some of you may remember um, a little place called Sago, West Virginia. There was a, a mine disaster and an explosion, and um, it was miners trapped uh, inside the mine. And um, the USA Today uh, that evening and several other news outlets printed papers um, with, with jubilance as, as the families of those miners were gathered in a little Baptist church right outside of Sago. And they got begin to get news that, that they're alive. Uh, they're alive. In fact, the papers, uh, USA Today and, and several others printed it. And I, I wish I had a copy to show you. And it said, front page, I mean, big, they're alive, they're alive. Um, there was only one problem. They were all dead except one. And uh, the news was, was not correct. And um, it was not... Uh, 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 an evening of jubilance, but rather a, a night of mourning once they realized that that was not indeed the case, that they were not alive. Uh, many of you may not remember that story, but you remember April 2011. I'll never forget it. Um, I, I know Holly's oldest son, Nathan, was um, just a little over two months old, and um, we had a super outbreak uh, in April. 26th to the 28th, 2011, uh, tornadoes ripped across the south, and when it was all said and done, 360 people um, had died as a result of, of those tornadoes. It was a once-in-a-lifetime event, uh, once-in-a-generation event. Many of us will never see that again. And just this Friday, uh, two days ago, um, the news ran a story, and I, I just picked a, picked a story that, that had tragedy written all over it. And we hear about so many tragic stories on the news these days, and, and especially as we get into the summer months, we hear these more often. A, a mother who was a family nurse practitioner in Oregon um, had accidentally left her 21-month-old 20 little girl in the car and uh, wanted to come out after work and find that she thought she'd taken her to daycare, and she didn't. And so she passed away. And you say, Pastor Dale, wh wh where are you going? Where are you going? What, what, what kind of phone call did you get yesterday, last week? Um, 
These are stories of tragedy, stories that involve suffering. And often we, we, uh, we, not, we don't know what to do with suffering. Um, all of us in here have, have, have suffered one way or another. Some of us greater, some of us not as great as others. Some of you in here are um, walking testimonies of the goodness of God in suffering. And I know several of those stories. One of one of the um, one of the preachers that I I, I really uh, like um, outside of our campus, um, he, he put it this way, and, and, and I, I don't I'm not able to to articulate it as good, so I'll just I'm gonna I'm gonna quote him. John Piper said this of suffering: the purpose of God in creating the universe is to display the greatness of the glory of His grave grace supremely in the suffering of his son. That alone was the benchmark for all of eternity, was the suffering that Jesus endured and the victory over death on the grave that came after. But that was, that was yesterday. Today, today the summons, will you join the son in displaying, this is still John Piper, will you join the son in displaying the supreme satisfaction of the glory of grace in joining him on the Calvary road of suffering? Because there's no other way the world is going to see the supreme glory of Christ today except that we break free from the Disneyland of America and begin to live lifestyles of missionary sacrifice that looks to the world like our treasures in heaven rather than on this earth. It's the only way. And boy, what a, what a way to put it. The only way that this world is going to know Jesus is if it looks like our treasure is in heaven rather than on this earth. I'm just 34 years old, very young uh, compared to some of you who have uh, been around much, much longer. But it's not, it's not taken me very long to realize how much I've invested on this earth. Uh, I have multiple examples of... Um, how investing on this earth doesn't pay off. And when we're not investing in heaven, um, we're wasting the valuable time that God has given us. I'm going to go through a, a, a very fast list maybe of, of several verses before we get to a text that we'll look at. But what, is, what does that suffering look like? Matthew 16, 24 says, Then Jesus said unto his, unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross now, none of us walked in here with a physical cross but let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me what is that cross suffering suffering listen if you came to 552 Hammett Road LaGrange Georgia 30241 it's not zero it's one here I don't, everybody does zero if you came here today uh, expecting a story or a message of it's your best life now, ask the Wednesday night crowd, that ain't what it's going to be. 
Because if this is your, I'll tell, I'll tell you the same thing I told the Wednesday night crowd. If this is your best life now, it means because hell's your home because it don't get no better, I promise. Okay. Matthew 10, 21 and 22. And the brother shall deliver up uh, the brother to death and the father of the child. And the child shall rise up against the parents and cause him to be put to death. And ye shall be hated of all men for my name's sake. But he that endure to the end shall be saved. John 16, 2, they shall put you out of the synagogue. Yea, the time cometh that whosoever killeth you will think that he doeth God service. Well, we hear that all the time. I'm doing this in the name of God. And sometimes God's not, not spelled G-O-D. It's, it's, it's other spellings, but, but, but it, is, is that not what we hear? 2 Timothy 3, 12, yea, and all that will live godly in Christ shall suffer persecution. 1 Peter 4, starting in verse 12. Beloved, think it not strange. I want you to listen. Think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened unto you. But rejoice inasmuch as you are partakers of Christ's, what? Sufferings. That when his glory shall be revealed, ye may be glad also with exceeding joy. What? Exceeding joy and suffering. We do not put those words together, do we? Verse 14, if you be reproached for the name of Christ, happy are ye. Is it just me or do we feel like maybe here in, in the American church, we have, we have disconnected what, what, what we're reading from how, how we perceive things. Huh? If you be reproached for the name of Christ, happy are ye. For the spirit of glory of God and of God resteth upon you. On their, on their part, he is evil spoken of, but on your part, he is glorified. But let none of you suffer as a murderer, as a thief, or as an evildoer, as a beast's body, and other men's matters. Yet, as if, uh, yet if any man suffer as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God on this behalf. For the time uh, is come that judgment must begin at the house of God. And if it first begin at us, what shall the end be of them that obey not the gospel of God? And if the righteous scarcely be saved, what shall the ungodly and the sinner appear? Wherefore, let him that suffer according to the will of God commit the keeping of their souls unto him in well-doing as unto a faithful creator. Romans 8, 16, the spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Just a few more real quick. Uh, Philippians first, uh, one, cha uh, chapter 1, 29. For unto you it is given on the behalf of Christ not only to believe on him but also to suffer for his sake. There's the theme I keep, I'm not sure if I can pick it out yet, but I keep hearing this theme. 2 Timothy 1, 8. Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me his prisoner, but be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God. Acts 5.41, and they departed from the presence of the council rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. Suffering. If we are for Christ, if we are for him, we must 
suffer. He said, Pastor Dale, I, this is not, I don't, I don't, this is not good. This is, I don't, I don't like to hear this. Well, I don't either, but I'm just telling you what I read and what I heard, and uh, I hope you can get some help. Because <clears throat> if we want to be effective in, in our homes, in our neighborhoods, in our cities, our towns, our county, our state, our country, this world, if you want to be effective in your school, at your workplace, whatever you do, whatever hobby you have, whatever thing that, that, that is your thing, if we want to be effective, we're going to have to suffer. And we, we have a little bit, we don't have a little bit, we have a great disconnect with that here in the American church because persecution for following Jesus is just not something that, that, that even registers on the radar of the level of persecution that, that you see outside of these great United States. Um, it's almost as if we were to say it and we're about to celebrate our, our Independence Day in a little over a week from now. Uh, and, and, and we should celebrate it. Hey, what, what, a, what, a, what a great place to be able to call uh, our temporary, don't, 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 get, don't forget that, our temporary home. But it's almost as, our, as if our freedom has actually put us in chain and bond. Because our freedom that we can express it, a lot of times mean that we don't. A freedom that we can gather together and worship God and, and share uh, that hope that is uh, in us to uh, the rest of us it means a lot of time that we don't. Why? Because I don't know about you, but in my life, the times that I've grown the most, the times that I have seen God move me and use me and do things through me most not, was not when I was kicked up and comfortable and, and everything was just great. It was when I was enduring suffering. It was when there were trials. It was when there were tough times. So I think for our country, we're going to start to see that, but it may be bad for freedom, but it will be great for Christ. If we are for Christ, if we are for him, we must suffer. And I read over, <clears throat> I read over this Wednesday night but, but I, want, I want you to turn to Acts chapter number 3. And I want you to read a little story with me. And I uh, had a little, a little uh, quiz. Uh, and I'm going to follow up with that, that answer. I, could, I, I knew the answer, but I couldn't, couldn't remember exactly what verse it was in. In chapter number 3 of Acts, in verse number 1. We talked about Peter Wednesday night. And, uh, and I'll just give you a brief synopsis uh, uh, if you don't feel like going back and listening to it, because I, not because I preached it, I promise you it was it was terrible, but it was God's word, so that's the only thing that made it good. Was oftentimes we do Peter and the other disciples, but especially Peter, we like to compare ourselves to Peter uh, when when he was uh, sinking uh, after he stepped out of the boat. We like to compare ourselves to Peter when he's denying Jesus three times. We don't like to compare ourselves to Peter like we should compare ourselves to Peter's after Pentecost, because that's when we're the same. Had access to the same Holy Spirit, right? And uh, so we went through a list of, of things that Peter did. And, and Peter is, is uh, right here. He's getting ready to, uh, he's getting ready to throw a, uh, a big old missile right at the uh, Jews uh, and the religious elite. 
Uh, he's, he's throwing punches uh, with, with uh, the word of God at them about that they killed Jesus and that he is the only way. But in verse number one, it says, Now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple. Who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked an alms, and Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, Look on us. That's a whole other message right there. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. So he, he, he's, he's laying there as he'd done uh, for many years. We'll find out how many years it was in a minute. And, and he thinks they're coming over to give him some, some money, give him some food, give him something. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. Then Peter said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have I give thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. And immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And he leaping up stood and walked and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising who? Not Peter, not John, but who? God. And they knew that it was he that was sat for, uh, that which sat for alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with, they talking about all the, all the ones inside that walked by him and didn't do nothing for him. Uh, they were filled with wonder and amazement at that which had happened unto him. Well, there's got to be more. There's got to be some, some backstory. Why would they be so amazed? Flip over one chapter. In Acts chapter 4, in verse number 18, it says, And they called them and commanded them. So Peter and, and, and John, they, they, they got in some trouble again because they keep talking about Jesus. And this is what the, the response of the folks there, the, uh, the high and mighties. And they called them and commanded them to uh, not to speak at all uh, nor teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered and said of them, Were that be right in the sight of God to hearken unto you more uh, than unto God, judge you. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. <laughs> they said, we, we ain't got nothing else to talk about. What are we going to talk about? Look what God's done. We ain't got nothing else to say. Boy, I think if we get there, if we got, if we got to the place in our life where we didn't have nothing else to talk about but Jesus, uh, boy, I tell you what, I, there might be some lame folks get up. Verse 21, so when they had a further threatened them, they let them go, finding nothing how they might punish them because of the people. For all men glorified God for that which was done. Very important to keep that in mind. For all men glorified God for what was done. And verse number 22, for the man was above 40 years old on whom this miracle of healing was showed. Listen, I don't know if y'all caught that wind, but it may be because I don't have no hair and there's a little bit of a breeze. But y'all, this man was over 40 years old. We see back in chapter 3, it says he was lame from his mother's womb, which means when he was born, he could not walk, and he's over 40 years old. This is what this, is what this, this scripture tells me. 
This is what this, this, uh, this, this act by uh, Peter and John tells me. Is that, that at this point in time, people needed to see something. Jesus wasn't on the scene anymore. He, he, he's sitting at the right hand of the Father. They need to see something because they can't see Jesus anymore. Well, well this, ain't no, this ain't no faith healing uh, tent. They just popped up and they, they, they got some plants and they're going to call a gathering tonight. And, hey, we got some planted folks and we're going we're gonna to do some healings, okay? That ain't what this is. This man has been lame since birth and he's over 40 years old and they see him every single day. Everybody that walks by that gate sees that man laying there. Listen, you, you don't, I, I'll tell you two things. One, you're not going to fake something for 40 years if ain't something ain't, ain't something in on it for you. And, and, and another thing, you ain't going to die for nothing that you don't really believe in either. We'll get to that in a few minutes too. But this man has been lame for 40 plus years and they know it. He ain't putting on that. Well, Peter and John roll up. Peter says, silver and gold, I have I none. But in the name of Jesus Christ, and now rise up. I can't say that. Nazareth, rise up and walk. <clears throat> he straightens out the middle. It reminds me of uh, Miss Paula, where she's at Miss Paula in, in the Easter Playboy. She, when, 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 when Matt walks over there and, and begins to straighten out all her, all her, 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 her disabled body and, and, and her hands and her, and her foot and turns her ankle, I, that, that's what I see after, after I saw her do that for the first time. That's what I see when, when, when I see Jesus healing people is, is, is this, and, and Grace, uh, who, who's, who's got this palsy and this, uh, this, this whatever going on, and, and these people, they, they begin to be free. From, from that, that, he, that disease or, or that, that uh, lameness that they had before. And he begins to straighten out. And he, he leaped up and he, and, he, and he began to shout and to praise God. And everybody knew that this man was healed by Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit, power from on high. And so praise the Lord. After 40 years, this man's healed. But guys, don't miss this. He was lame for 40 years. Why? Because God needed Peter and John to come by that day and do that work. That, listen, don't, don't miss this. That man suffered. Don't think he was, he was laid up on some, uh, you know, uh, Segway little bed that he could just roll around and do what he wanted. No, they had to carry him and lay him there and he couldn't do anything for himself. He suffered for 40 years. Why? So that God could be the only one to get glory. So that God could be seen through two of his servants. <laughs> So, how long, I'm going to look at my watch because I think that's what preachers are supposed to do. <laughs> so this man suffered for 40 years to see one thing done. God allowed it. God, God allowed it. He, now, could, could, he could have he healed this man in his mother's womb, but he allowed that suffering to take place. Do not miss this, guys, gals, kids. 
Don't, don't ever forget. Because so many times we, we, we hear about the, some of the stories that are read and, we, and our heart breaks and it should. And, 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 and there's tragedies in our own life and our heart breaks and it should. But do not forget that God had his own son killed. I mean, it's in there. It says he had, he had the people in place to do, to, to do what needed to be done. Why? So that through his suffering, through Jesus' suffering, the atonement for sin could be made. And that glorified Jesus would, would, would be the end result. And that all glory and all honor and all power and all praise and all that stuff we sang a while ago on all his names, that it would go to him and him alone. It had to happen. Listen, if you are a believer in here, listen, and I don't, I don't, I am not, I love each and every one of you, and some of you I don't even know, but I love you because the Bible says I'm supposed to love you. I'm supposed to love you as myself, and I'm trying to work on that. If you're here Wednesday night, you know I'm trying to work on that, that, that loving your neighbor. Uh, and God hadn't given me a gospel opportunity with that man, but I, I, it's, it's coming, okay? Uh, see, when you miss a night, you, you miss out on stuff. You don't know what I'm talking about. But but there, there is a, there is a, I, I don't pretend to, to think that everybody under the sound of my voice right now is saved and on their way to heaven. Because I can only be sure of one. Now I can, I can, I can believe uh, that, that, that most of you are based on the way you live your life, based on the fruit that I see, based on, on, on how you operate. And I hope, I hope you'd say the same of me. But I can only be sure of one in here. So I don't pretend to believe that everybody in here, if Jesus were to come back or, or if we were to blow up, the, the building would just collapse and we'd all die. I, I'm not going to believe, uh, be naive enough, naive enough to believe that, that everybody's going to be seeing Jesus next. Uh, there was an old preacher here. <laughs> I love the way he said it. He was so frank. Uh, he was so just, and, and I guess that's where we should be. You know, he'd hear, you know, so-and-so got saved. This is what his response. It didn't matter if it was his mama, all right? This is what his response always was. So-and-so got saved. Well, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. What, what does he mean? Well, I, yeah, we understand. We, 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 hear what, we hear what was done. We see what was done. We'll see. Because when you, when, you, when you submit to the authority of Christ, your life's going to change. So we'll see. Okay, so how long, if we're believers in Jesus and we are told that we will suffer, how long will that suffering last? Well, I'm glad you asked. First Peter 5 and verse 10 says, But the God of all grace who called us unto the, his eternal glory by Jesus, Christ Jesus, after, after that ye have suffered a while. Make you perfect, establish strength, and settle you. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. After that, you have suffered a while. I'm, I'm going to give you four, four texts right here that are, that are pretty simultaneous in, in how they handle uh, the longevity of, of what's being talked about here. Suffered a while. First uh, Peter, uh, back up a few chapters in chapter 1, verse 6 and 7. Wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season, 
if need be, you are in heaviness through manifold temptations, various trials, that the trial of your faith be much more precious than, than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found in the praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Christ Jesus, or Jesus Christ. Now, for a season, now for a season, we, we, we are in heaviness through those various trials, manifold temptations. A few verses on down, 24 and 25. For all flesh is grass, and this is a reference back to Isaiah. Uh, for all flesh is grass, and, and all the glory of man as the flower of grass. The grass withereth, and the flower thereof falleth away. But the word of the Lord endureth forever, and this is the word by which the gospel is preached unto you. It just, it, it, the grass, now you, you, get, you get the grass on a hot day and with no rain for a few weeks, it's gone, right? It don't take very long. Some of y'all saying amen because you, you just spent a heap of money on some, on some grass trying to get it going and we hit this little dry spell until just a few days ago. 2 Corinthians 4 and verse 17 says, For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh uh, for us a more, far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. All those, those four scriptures are all, are all pointing us to the same thing. Is it, is it, how long does this suffering last? How long do these trials last? How long does this persecution last? Hey, it's, it's like that. I mean, if our, if, our, if our life is like a vapor, how long can that really last? Now, when you're in the middle of suffering, when you're in the middle of tragedy, when you're in the middle of long-term pain or suffering, it does not feel like that it's just for a light affliction, just for a moment, does it? But what we always have to do, we always have to keep our emotions in check with what the Word of God says. Uh, we, we, we have to, we have, because listen, you cannot follow. Do not listen to Disney, all right? Do not listen to Disney. Do not follow your heart. Don't listen to the world. That is a terrible uh, a word of advice. Uh, the Bible says your heart's deceitfully wicked. Deceitfully wicked. It will trick you. Do not listen and follow your emotions in life. You follow the Holy Spirit and God's word right here. And one more caution, and we'll move right on. Uh, God told me we'll never substitute what the Bible says. Okay? Somebody comes to you and says, God told me, and, 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 and they're saying this, and I'm reading right here in the Bible. No, he didn't. <laughs> Something did, but it wasn't him. All right? So make sure you listen. That's your test. That's, your, that's rule number one for discernment. You better make sure. You, but it, I... Tough to know what the Bible says if you don't ever read it. Tough to know what the Bible says if we don't, we don't hide it in our heart. That's our defense. So how long will suffering last? Just a little while. Just a little while. We're getting to our, our main text. We want to read one more scripture John chapter number 16. And I, 1633, I know. Most of you know this. These things have I spoken unto you, this is Jesus speaking, that in me you might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation. But be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. Listen, if we are believers and we're true followers of Christ in here, we will suffer. We will go through some stuff for his name's sake. Now listen, I also want to make sure I caution you. Uh, don't think because of the persecution uh, and, and the suffering you're having at work is Got to be because of Jesus. It may be because you're a jerk, okay? <laughs> Don't, listen. I saw a church sign one time that says, everything happens for a reason. Well, sometimes it reasons you're stupid. I'm stupid, okay? It, it just is. So, so don't, don't roll it all in the, same, in the same deal. But if we are a follower of Christ and we are 
busy about his business. Listen, that don't mean you're a missionary to South Africa. That may not mean that. It, maybe it does. If, if it does, talk to Neil. He may can hook you up. I don't know. Uh, but it may, may mean this. It may mean this right here. It may mean this is, is, is your calling. Is that, 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 that place you go every week, that senior center visit you make, that grocery store trip you make every week, and that, that, that rapport you've made with the, with, the, with the lady that usually checks you out or the, or the guy that's you know, bagging the groceries or, 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 or the, the, the person that's operating the this or the doing the that. Maybe, maybe the calling on your life is to be that one-on-one witness to that person. And showing them, hey, look, I, being a Christian don't mean it's this, it's this life of luxury. Because it ain't. It ain't. Amen? It ain't. I don't, you throw that health, wealth, and prosperity gospel right out the door. Okay? Because it's, it's garbage. Okay? Hey, anybody's going to sign up for something where they can get a car? Hey, but when things are bad, you, you watch everybody that, that signs up for that. When things get rough, they're out. Hey, I'm with you, Jesus, as long as you're getting the keys to that caddy. But as soon as that caddy, they come and pick that sucker up, I'm out. I'm, I'm out. I'm, not, I, I, I'm going on to something else. The life of the follower of Christ is not meant to be a life of luxury. Jesus said, in the world ye shall have tribulation." And our suffering looks different, guys. Our suffering is different. It, 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 it comes in many different ways and forms. But, but, but understand this. Our suffering is a must if we're a believer. If we are really doing the things God's called us to do in whatever capacity that is. Because you know what? Some, some Sunday school teacher planted the gospel seed in Billy Graham one day. He wasn't Billy Graham. But it took him doing his job to Billy Graham to do his. If you would turn over to uh, Colossians chapter number one. I promise you we're, we're, we're done turning. This is our last turn. I know this was a lot of scripture up front, but I wanted to make sure we laid a groundwork that suffering is indeed a call of the Christian because it is. I want to examine what Paul says here because it could be controversy. It could be heresy even if not read correctly. Uh, In Colossians chapter number 1, verse number 24, Paul writes, Who now rejoice in in my sufferings for you. Paul's saying, I'm rejoicing in my sufferings for you. And fill up that which is behind of the afflictions of Christ in my flesh for his body's sake, which is the church. Now, at face value, until you dig, maybe that, doesn't, maybe that doesn't say a whole lot to you. But this could be heresy if Paul were to mean that his suffering is making up the difference for the atoning work of Christ's suffering where Christ's lack. So if, if, Christ, if Paul is saying, hey, I rejoice in my sufferings for you, that I'm, that I'm, I'm filling up which is behind, which is what we'll see in, in, in Philippians here in just a minute, which is it's just kind of supplying your lack of service, kind of the same wording. Uh, 
of the afflictions of Christ in my flesh for his body, which is the church. He, Paul is not saying, this is what he's not saying. He's not saying the sufferings that I have are not taking the place or, or, or filling up some place of suffering that Christ did not do. He's not saying that because that would be heresy. But we read over in Philippians 2.30, and most study Bibles will take you, uh, take you there if you've, if you've got it, because the wording is almost the exact. Uh, it says, because for the work of Christ, he was nigh unto death, not regarding his life, to supply your lack of service towards me. Now, he's talking about who Epaphroditus here in Philippians. Uh, Epaphroditus had come to Rome, and, and, and the Philippians had, had given Epaphroditus this gift to give to Paul. We're not sure exactly what, what that looked like, but Epaphroditus went to Rome to, to, to supply uh, Paul with something. And Epaphroditus almost died. But it says, I mean, it's, that's, that's what I read. He was nigh unto death. Talking about Epaphroditus. Not regarding his life to supply your lack of service towards me. So he went for the, the uh, Philippian uh, church. So just as Paul says Epaphroditus did for him for the Philippians, he does for the church for Christ. It's the presentation of the suffering. See, Paul is saying back in, in, in Colossians here, Jesus is no longer present. People cannot see his suffering visually anymore. But what they can see, they can see mine. And I rejoice that, that, that they can see my suffering for his sake. It's, I, I rejoice that, that I can suffer and it be on Christ's uh, account, that, that it goes to credit to him. Because that, that's the only way people are going to see Christ's suffering is through ours. And you say, well, why, why do we need to suffer? Why, why do we need to suffer? Well, for one, Christ did. And, and I, don't, I don't think if you've uh, read any of the accounts of how um, most of the early church fathers died, but they, uh, these, these, these guys that began to change the world after Jesus was off the scene, they, they, didn't, they didn't, most of them, the overwhelming majority of them did not die a very peaceful, uh, painless death. So sometimes that suffering doesn't mean we come back and we get to see the end result. Some of us, that may mean that that suffering will be the last thing that we endure. But how long? Just for a little while. Uh, I'm not sure how many of you are familiar with a author, speaker, uh, one-time director of the China Inland Mission, J. Oswald Sanders. But he told a story one time about an indigenous missionary walking barefoot from village to village in India where he had been. His hardships were many. After a long day of many miles and much discouragement, he came to a certain village and he tried to speak the gospel there simply before dusk. And they rejected him, drove him out of town. We don't want you here. And exhausted and discouraged, he laid down under a tree and fell asleep. Later in the evening, he was suddenly awakened and the village was around him. <laughs> Imagine that waking up after they then drove you out of the village and you wake up and they're all around you. 
no no electricity, so they they got torches and and uh, I'm sure things to protect themselves on their journey. Uh, and the main man, the, the the leader there in the village, was over him, and though he was startled, uh, the the village leader said, "We came out to see what kind of man you were, and when we saw your blistered feet." We felt bad for what he had done and concluded that you must be a holy man with a very important message for us. And we are here to let you speak to us. And Oswald made the point that these feet uh, reminded me, I put it in here, reminded me of Romans 10, 15. How beautiful the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good, t- of good things. Uh, that these blistered feet, he said, I have a message worth hearing. That's what his feet said. And I think that's the perfect picture here in Colossians 1.24. What Paul's saying. Hey, my, my, my feet, my suffering. They're going to they're gonna be, they're gonna be what win the lost. He, he, uh, he was able to, although he thought defeat was the last call for the evening. Um, victory wound up being the last call for the evening for this, this little missionary because of his feet, because of his suffering. And through the next several days, that whole village turned to Christ. The whole village. Now, We don't walk around to village to village like like there are in some place. We drive. So maybe your case is your suffering is how beat up your car is and how much tread ain't on your tires. I, I, I don't know. But people can see. People can see your suffering. And, I, and, I, and I'll, leave you, I'll leave you with this. As a, as a believer, we must suffer. If we're not suffering, that may be, that may be a, 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 a wake-up call for us. If we're not suffering, man, we may not be putting ourselves in a position to suffer. We're not, we're not putting ourselves out there for Jesus. That don't mean you're walking village to village in India. It means you're walking door to door in your neighborhood or just talking to the lady at the grocery store line. But I promise you, if we are doing what we're called to do, we will endure suffering for it. But if we, can, if we can act like Paul and rejoice in it, and knowing that it's just for a little while, I think about old Stephen, not Curtis, uh, old Stephen as he's, as, he's, as he's being stoned to death. He smiles, and he, and, and, and he makes this last proclamation. Don't, I'm paraphrasing. Don't, don't hold this to their account, God. Don't, don't hold this to their account. And he looks up. He looks up, and this is this is the kind of service that I want to have to Christ. One day I can look up, and because of the unwavering faithfulness to Christ, I can see Him standing. We were on a trip with the teens several years ago. Mark Pritchett was still youth pastor. He asked a 
There's there's certain just God moments in your life you'll never forget. I've never forgotten this. He asked the teenagers, and I was a a leader. I was was a little older. Um, Still had hair, you know, so it's been a minute. Um, But he asked the teens, he said, if if, if there were to be a book written about your life, what would you want it to be? What would you want the title to be? And, And I don't remember any of the responses, none of them. But I remember as soon as he asked me, I remember exactly what, what, what the Spirit brought up in my heart that I wanted the title for the book of my life to be. Not Dale Prather, husband of Holly, father of Nathan and Nolan, which I, I'm, I'm ecstatic about those things. Not Dale Prather, church Batman, whatever, whatever he does there, you know, whatever he needs to do, he, he'll do it. I, no. Not, not Luther Rice Seminary graduate, not Callaway High graduate, not anything. But this is what came to my mind. And God has to remind me that this is what he put in my heart that day. Is if a title were to be written uh, on a book about my life, this is what I want it to say. Well done. Well done. If if we as believers can grasp, um, I think the sacrifice that we see not only in the in the early church and the suffering, but but even in the persecuted church today, I think we'd be wildly more effective. I think we'd be wildly more effective. But oftentimes what happens, and I, listen, I'm not preaching to you, I'm preaching with you, okay? But oftentimes what happens is we, we get back in our car and we turn the air conditioner on and we go through the drive through and we go sit at home in a nice covered house with all the things and amenities we could ever want. And we... All those things aren't bad. They just they just muddy our focus sometimes. And for the father to say, "Well done," that means we got to be doing something. So my, my question this morning is: that, One, are you, are you doing something? And are you suffering? And you can answer the first by answering the second. If you don't face persecution at all ever in your life, if you don't ever suffer uh, for Christ's sake in your life, then I would be very, um, very, very willing to say that um, we, we ain't hitting the mark. And <clears throat> when Pastor, he forgot he was going to be gone today, actually, when the, me and Holly got back from uh, Waco and I pulled up, they were getting ready for the yard sale, and pulled up, and he's out there, and he waved over for me, and I pulled up, and he said, man, I just, man, he said, I need you to preach two Sundays from now. Jason was already preaching Father's Day, and, and he'd asked me to preach um, this Wednesday. He said, I didn't, I didn't realize that was, a, that was a, that we was going to be gone two Sundays. He tried to blame it on Michael. Michael tried to blame it on him, so I'm not sure who won, but uh, he said, I, I thought we was going to be back Saturday. He said, I need you to preach. I said, I said, okay. <laughs> and I just kind of, 
It wasn't a big deal. I said, God, you know what you're doing. God had begun to scratch this message uh, in my heart several weeks ago about suffering. And, and I do know several of you in here have suffered many trials. I, I, I hesitantly say that, that, that my family has gone through our share, but I know I can look at faces in here that have gone through much more. But two things um, that I think we take with us today is if we do suffer, let's not waste it. That's what I do sometimes. These, these trials we go through, people are watching. I'll never forget a man told me one time at a something somewhere, he came up and he said, it was a group, you know, we were a group with a church, youth group, I don't know what it was, but I can't remember now. He came up behind me and said, I'm watching you. <laughs> it's creepy, what are you talking about? He said, no, I'm, he said, I've been watching you. I'm 20, 21 years old, I don't know, maybe 19. You're watching me. He said, I've been watching you. That's gut check. People are watching whether you know it or not, the world is watching. There is no greater testimony to the goodness of God and the faithfulness of Christ than when we endure suffering that we turn all the glory back to him. And the world sees that. So don't waste it. And don't miss it. Uh, one quick story and we're done. And it's before 12, so praise the Lord. The gentleman that um, the gentleman that I have uh, been in contact with and booked for, to our next year's Wild Game Supper, how many of you know the Rick and Bubba show, uh, radio show out of Syndicate Radio Show out of uh, Birmingham, Alabama? Um, but ten, ten years ago this year, uh, um, he was at a conference uh, speaking with uh, the guy that's running for governor in, in um, Alabama. Uh, in Pigeon Forge uh, as a Christian men's conference um, and he was about to go on stage and his buddy Scott Dawson had to walk over to him because they got a phone call and he just learned that his Rick uh, that his two year old son had drowned in the family pool and over the next hour and God began to put things in place for him to be able to get back to Birmingham and, uh, and I watched the, the memorial service again this past week. Uh, heard it live on the radio. And they played it on the radio for two or three weeks. Very powerful. But it was not uh, the two-year-old. He was, he was two and a half, I think. But that family endured suffering, tragedy. But it was their response to that tragedy. God, and they were very quick. God did not take their son from them. God allowed him to be taken. God didn't take their son. He was his already. And what they were not going to do is they were not going to waste the suffering that God was going to allow them to go through. And they were going to use it to further the kingdom. And through that memorial service and the months and the, the weeks and the months after that, hundreds upon hundreds upon hundreds of people came to Christ because of the response 
they had to suffering as they pointed everything back to Jesus. They pointed everything back to Jesus. And to put the little ice, he said in his memorial service, he said, the devil messed up when he thought he was going to use our family and cut us down to show, uh, kind of like he tried to do with old Job. He said, no, I ain't saying I'm Job. He said, but kind of like he tried to do with old Job. <laughs> he missed a mark on that one. Because this family is going to respond the way God wants them to respond. And within a year, one of the older, they had five kids at the time, one of the older um, uh, sons, I think he was seven or eight, uh, the next oldest one up from the two-year-old was baptized, saved and baptized in that family's pool. Just putting a little cherry on top, a little icing on the cake. They're not going to let suffering define their collapse, but glorify Christ. If we are Christians, we must suffer. May we rejoice in our suffering, as Paul said. If you would please bow your head. I, I know most of you in here very well. Most of you know me very well. And I know several of you have endured suffering on levels that the world would say, God doesn't love you. He wouldn't allow you to go through something like that. But you know better. You know otherwise. You know through suffering, God loves you. You know through tragedy, God loves you. And he's got a purpose. And he's got a plan. Make sure you position yourself to be used for the greatness of his glory. God is most glorified in us when we're most satisfied in him. I cannot repeat that enough. God is most glorified in us when we're most satisfied in him. When we wake up and he's the only thing that we need and we crave and we desire. When, 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 when every decision we make, every turn we make, everything we do, when, when he is the only one that we care about in that process, pleasing we're, we're hitting the mark but until then I, I've, I've been there I've, I've been there we miss it we gotta be all in or not in at all so if you're not all in this morning if you're a follower of Christ and you're not all in I'm telling you throw all the chips in get all in he needs you he wants you he needs to use you where you're at Submit to the, the suffering that God may call you to and rejoice and smile and enjoy. Say, I do it for you, Jesus. If you're in here, and I don't pretend to believe that everybody in here under the sound of my voice is a follower of Jesus, has submitted to the authority of Jesus Christ, I'm going to encourage you before you walk out of this building today, you make sure that you are. If you don't know, if you didn't take one more breath that you'd spend eternity in heaven, hey, I'm going to encourage you. Make sure you take care of that before you leave. We are not promised tomorrow. I'm going to be doing a funeral here in just a couple hours. 
for Miss Oreck, she was 86. But in Oregon, they're doing a funeral for a 21-month-old. We do not know the days that God has numbered for our life. Do not waste submitting to Jesus with your life. If you've never been saved, if you do not know that you'd spend eternity in heaven when you die, I'm going to give you that opportunity. With all heads bowed and all eyes closed, just, just to keep the, 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 the holiness of the moment. Listen, I'm going to lead you in a simple prayer of faith. It's not some magical group of words, some, some chant that you've got to do, but the faith from your heart to God. You say it out loud if you want to, but from your heart to God, it's the faith that you place in Jesus. Admitting you're the sinner, believing that Jesus died on the cross, was buried and rose three days later. Repenting of, repenting of those sins and making Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. <coughs> if you've never prayed a prayer, anything like that, I'm going to lead you in a simple prayer. Again, it's not the group of words, but it's the prayer from your heart to God. If you've never asked Jesus to save you, pray something like this. Do not leave without making sure Jesus is Lord of your life. Pray something like this. Father, I am a sinner. I believe Jesus died on the cross for my sin, was buried and raised three days later. And he sits at your right hand. God, I repent of my sin. I turn to you. Jesus, I make you Lord of my life. Help me to live for you the rest of the days of my life.